My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. Nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before. The fact that he almost wore it like a badge of honor as it was happening will tell you why many are saying that the FBI raid on Donald Trump's home in Florida could be the final nudge he needed to run for president in 2024. Marion McKeown is here, as always, to explain exactly what happened, what it could mean, and how Trump's opponents have rejoiced, while his supporters have become convinced that the January 6th investigation is nothing more than a witch hunt. He denounced the FBI raid as prosecutorial misconduct and the weaponization of the justice system by a group of radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024. Marion, we both know the FBI don't raid your house for the crack. What do you know about the details of this raid? Well, let's start, Charles, with the first thing you said. And hello to you and all the gang out there. Um, the first thing you said is nothing like this has ever happened to a president before. And I would respond that you're absolutely right. But by saying that I, the reason nothing like this has ever happened to a president before is that there has really never been a president like Donald Trump. And I say that in the sense there has never been a president who has been so contemptuous of law and order while jumping up and down on the blue line. There's never been a president who has violated all kinds of norms and decency and tradition. Um, it, like you, you could take a thousand examples, even just the fact that he wouldn't turn up at the, the inauguration, he wouldn't attend the inauguration of Joe Biden, never mind the fact, of course, that before that he tried to overturn the election and steal it. Uh, we have never had a president like Donald Trump, and we've never had a former president like Donald Trump. And, you know, I'm really a little in the States for the last two days. There has been talk of nothing else. And honestly, I'm a little weary of it. And the reasons are quite simply, as you said, the FBI does not raid people's houses for sport. The FBI, especially does not raid the house of a former president. And in fact, the FBI didn't even raid Trump's house. The word raid is completely inaccurate. The FBI searched designated areas in Trump's house on foot of a lawfully executed warrant. That warrant was signed off on, on the basis that there was probable cause that there was something, a crime was in the process of being committed or had been committed, or documents were about to disappear from Trump's house. Now, in order to get that, in order for, for the FBI to get the warrant and to enter Trump's house, uh, they had to, first of all, 
get the sign off. And Well, it wasn't the first step, but the most important step, they had to get this signed off by Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, and Chris Ray, the FBI Director. Now, I have over the years known many people in the FBI, and some of them are political, there's no doubt, on both sides, although they tend to be more Republican than Democrat. But they are all there, and I do believe this, having met enough of them, they are there to do their jobs and they take their jobs seriously. And none of them want to end up like James Comey or Andy McCabe or um, this this Rosak guy who and, and who's who were humiliated, who had their c- careers destroyed. They want to do things by the book because if they don't, they will lose their jobs. They may well get sued. Uh, certainly, Merrick Garland, who is the most cautious and by the book of attorney generals, and who came into the Department of Justice saying that he saw his job as to remove politics first and foremost from the department because under Bill Barr, it had become so appallingly political. It was another club with which Donald Trump used to beat his enemies over the head. So, you know, uh, Merrick Garland is a man, I think everybody would agree, of enormous integrity. He may be too cautious and too prudent for a lot of Democrats. I've heard a lot of them voice their exasperation about the pace at which he's moving. But you know what? He's the attorney general. He doesn't have to rush things. He's, you know, he is right to move things at a pace that he feels that he is crossing every I or crossing every mm. T and dotting every I. So let's let's just get that, that all this hysteria is completely, in my view, ill-founded. Any warrant, as I say, would have got it. Apparently, I do know that the warrant came from the National Security Division of the Department of Justice. I was talking to one of the spokespeople there earlier. And that, so the warrant came from one of their prosecutors. Uh, it was signed off, as I said, by Chris Ray and Merrick Garland. And then it had to go to Florida, where it was signed off by a federal judge who said, yes, that, you know, this demonstrates that on the base of the affidavit that was delivered, uh, that this demonstrates that there is probable cause. So, you know, again, the stakes are so high for this. Nobody wants to end up, as I said, having their careers destroyed like so many of the FBI guys did around the time of the Russian investigation. So I, I think, and because Donald Trump's a, a former president, they're going to be even more careful. So so let's just get that out there. There's yeah. nothing knee-jerky or political or vindictive about this. Joe Biden, and I do believe this, and because I've spoken to three or four of the White House press officers since, uh, they did not even know about it. They learned about it on Twitter. And you can be sure that Merrick Garland would make damn sure, and Joe Biden would want it that way, I suspect, that he knew nothing about it because they are trying to, unlike um Trump, who, who had Bill Barr in an arm lock uh, for his entire attorney general um, stint. Uh, Merrick Garland has brought the department back to where it's entirely separate and distinct from the White House. They owe the White House nothing. They don't have to tell the White House anything. It's uh, the Department of Justice. So why was it immediately referred to as a raid? Why was it you know, painted in this way, Marion? We know that Donald Trump wasn't there at the time and that he was actually in Trump Tower in Manhattan. But it was Eric Trump that you know, relayed the news that the safe has been broken into. Uh, and, you know, when you describe it and everywhere I go, go to, do we have any kind of, do we have a battering ram of any sort? Is it, you know, like an old episode of Cops from the 90s? Uh, there's nothing bad boys about this. It, they were notified before the arrival. Security team knew they were coming. So I'd imagine as well, there was a certain amount of knowledge uh, on site 
uh, as to what was going to happen, how it was going to happen. But Eric relays the information in a different way. Is that why it's been dressed up this way? Well, or is it, again, Trump recognizing an opportunity? Trump recognizing an opportunity and his poor Gormless son, who really has no business being allowed on TV, not even on Fox News. <laughs> uh, so, uh, basically, Eric Trump, as you correctly said, who just seemed, God love him, so excited by the fact that I was there and it was me who phoned my father. You know, in fact, I was the guy that got the call this morning, and I called my father, let him know that it happened. So I was involved in this all day. In other words, <laughs> not Donald or Ivanka. It was me because we all know that Eric is the the, the sort of least attended to child, shall we put it mildly? He's the one. That that is sort of you know he gets the dodgy gigs. He never seems to you know he doesn't shine. So like he could hardly get over himself at the fact that he was there and he was the one who phoned his father and he oversaw the whole thing. And so he went on Fox News and it was all about how it was a raid. Thirty FBI agents, actually more than that, descend on Mar-a-Lago, give absolutely you know no notice, go through the gates, start ransacking an office, ransacking a closet. You know, they broke into a safe. He didn't even have anything in the safe. I mean, give me a break. In fact, as you correctly said again, Jarlis, the notice was given. Now, I certainly, given all we know about the Secret Service and in particular Trump's detail, I would be very nervous if I were the FBI having to give the Secret Service a heads up that they were going to be arriving at Trump's house. Uh, as I say, the Secret Service are under their own cloud at the moment. Uh, for, for for disappearing an entire raft of emails and text messages all around the day of January 6th. So we were, you know, but anyway, notwithstanding that, the FBI contacted the Secret Service who were at Mar-a-Lago. They told them they'd be turning up. They opened the door and brought them in. So they mm. did, there was no battering ram, as you say. There was no kicking in doors. There was no drama. They weren't even wearing the FBI raid jackets. They just turned up. It was apparently very orderly. And they went two to a room, which you have to do. You've got to have, you know, a witness person as well. Uh, they had a warrant, which detailed apparently very specifically the areas that they could check. I know there was a basement and, I, and also the safe, the aforementioned safe. But I think that let's get back to why this happened. Now, when Donald Trump left the, the White House, having almost torched the place behind him and torched democracy behind him on January 21st, 2021, he took boxes and boxes of, of stuff that he had no business taking down to Mar-a-Lago. Included in it was 15 boxes at least that we know of, of, of information that was classified and some that wasn't classified. There were things like mementos, menus from state dinners, all that kind of thing as well. But the problem is, and there's an act, the, the 1978 President's Records Act, which states very, very clearly that a president cannot take anything from the White House with him when he leaves, not even a paper clip. The whole lock, stock and barrel goes to the archives the archives go through it. They decide what's class, what, what will be good, the classified files, go back to national security, whatever. They then decide what the president can have for his presidential library, and then they decide, decide what rightfully belongs in the archives. It is not Donald Trump's call. It is the job of the National Archives. It's their call, and there's a law setting the whole thing out. Now, Trump broke that law. He clearly broke that law uh, when he took off, in, as I say, January 21st, 2021, and brought all this stuff with him. It took more than a year to get some of those 15 boxes back or to get the 15 boxes back. Um, I, again, when I was talking to, to one of the, the, the contacts I have today, they said that the boxes were returned on the 9th of February 
2022 this year. So he kept all of this classified information in Mar-a-Lago for over a year, along with all the other stuff he shouldn't have taken, which is in itself a violation of the President's Acts. Now, instead of going down and slapping the handcuffs on him, which they could have done for taking classified information with him, uh, they negotiated and the lawyers went backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. And as I said, eventually in February, they brought back the boxes. But now it turns out, or it seems, and this has been suggested very strongly to me by by a friend of mine who's no longer in the FBI, but who knows how they work, who was quite senior in it. And uh, she said that it seems that not the only reason that this would have happened in the way it happened and that there wasn't a subpoena or whatever is that uh, Donald Trump did not return all of this, the information. He did not return all of the documents, classified, unclassified, whatever. And not only were they not returned, but people, the FBI and the, the Department of Justice had very compelling reason to believe they were lying about it, that they were lying about what they had and hadn't returned. So I assume what happened is when it all got to the archives, the 15 boxes in, in February, they were checked and cross-checked. And, the, and the, the, it was seen, well, obviously a lot of stuff had been torn up and had to be taped back together. They presumably had to fish some stuff out of the toilets. It was well known that Trump was reckless yeah. in the way that he dealt with classified information. It was well known that there was a team who were working across the road with sellotape and staplers to stick back together some of the things he had ripped to shreds. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the department and the archives were already on fair warning. They were going to be dealing with something very different this time around. So anyway, for the last couple of months, it seems that there have been toing and froing and negotiating and it was getting nowhere and reached a point apparently where it was believed um, and I was given to understand this, that they were just stonewalling and they were lying and that documents that were there, there were serious documents there. If they got out or got into the wrong hands, it would represent a threat to national security and the archives and, and the, the national security um, intelligence people wanted them back as they were entitled to. So I would say that rather than this being a knee-jerk thing, this was, it seems, an act of last resort. Uh, and, and as I say, that they felt, okay, you know what? He's run out the clock on this, and now we've got to take this more seriously. But this is only what we know. Now, it's also possible, Jordan, I think that this is important, that um, they, they, a lot of these documents, why was Trump so reluctant to give them back? Apparently, a lot of these documents relate to January 6th. They relate to what happened after the election, and they relate to what happened. They were documents on records from the White House, which would have information or could certainly cast some in, in light on, on the events leading up to January 6th and possibly afterwards. So this, I assume, is what Trump was, you know, he may have wanted to hold on to his love letters from Kim Jong-un and frame them and stick them on a wall in Mar-a-Lago, which he will be able to do eventually, I'm sure, you know, because presidential libraries are given a lot of stuff for their libraries. But um, it, it seems to me that there was stuff that, you know, they were trying to conceal that they were saying they didn't have. And as I say, that has been suggested repeatedly to me over the last couple of days, that that, that is where it points. Now, they went in on a warrant, a very specific warrant um, to, to get specific things. But if you raid somebody's house, let's just say somebody came in here and they raided my house and they said, oh, we found a hundred tellies. <laughs> Good luck to them. I haven't even got one that works. But let's okay. say they came in and they had a warrant for, for stolen electrical goods. But while they were here, they tripped up over a freezer and in the freezer there was a dead body. Now, they are perfectly entitled to take that, any other information that comes to light, any other evidence that comes to light connected to separate crimes or indeed connected crimes 
once the initial warrant was properly executed and properly observed. Now, conversely, if a warrant isn't properly executed, properly served and observed, um, anything that they find is fruit of the poison tree, as they called, and none of it's admissible in court. But I suspect that, you know, if the FBI were in there and they found, they may have found other information relating to January 6th. Who, who knows? Um, we won't know. But one of the things, two things that are interesting is Donald Trump has not made the warrant public. Okay. He, and people have called on him. Journalists have called him and said, well, show us the warrant, show us the warrant. He would have a copy of that warrant. He's refusing to make that public. But more interestingly, the FBI had to give him an inventory, a list of everything they took from his house. So Donald Trump has a list with every single thing, every document, every piece of paper, as I say, every paper clip that was removed from Mar-a-Lago. Now, why won't he publish that? Why won't he make that public? It's his document. He's entitled to do what he wants with it. It suggests to me very, very strongly that there is stuff on that inventory that Donald Trump had no business having in the first place. And so that would nullify his big claims of persecution and my lovely house and the raid and it's being occupied. I mean, honestly, it, it, it sounded it, it, like the, the hysteria and the exaggeration. And then, of course, on the back of it, Charlotte, because let's not forget that nothing can happen in Donald Trump's world that he can't make a couple of bob out of. In the last 24 hours, I have gotten at least 15 texts from Donald Trump. Uh, Mary, this is an outrage. Stand with us. Send me $45 so that I can defend American democracy so that we can stop this kind of thing happening to you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and, and as well, the emails and they're all being sent. And, you know, if you want to defend America law and order, if you want to stop it becoming a fascist, socialist, terrorist state, send me money now. <laughs> so, wow. I, I mean, you almost have to laugh at the goal of the guy. And of course, not to be outdone, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I, I, I emailed bouncing all over the place from her. I had one saying that she's available for interview. She can be interviewed at any time about this specifically. Um, and we, we had, um, again, more emails were saying that, you know, defund the FBI. This is um, rogue behavior of communist states, terrorist, fascist states, all of this nonsense. Um, and then, so, and then, of course, Kevin McCarthy. In any other era, this would be unprecedented for Kevin McCarthy, who is the most spineless um, leader of the the House Republicans. I mean, the the guy is is despised within the Republican Party as well because he wants everyone to love him. He's just he's utterly spineless. He's he's like a jellyfish. Uh, but anyway, he comes out and and it says to Merrick Garland, um, preserve all your documents and clear your calendar. You know, like we're coming after you. And to say this to a senior judge who is now an attorney general, and okay, it's all just bluster and threat and whatever, but it is appalling that that you would have a Republican leader in Congress threatening the the sitting attorney general for just for doing his job. So as I say, the only person, the Department of Justice absolutely won't comment on this, you know, and, and people are saying, well, maybe they should because it's so exceptional. Um, I would be amazed if they do. The FBI will maybe let a couple of things out through, you know, the, the sources, but Chris Ray is very unlikely to comment either because they don't comment on ongoing investigations. And before James Comey blew that one up sky high with Hillary Clinton and her emails, that was a cast iron rule of the FBI and the Department of Justice, that you don't dirty up people. When you're investigating them, you say nothing until it's time to indict them. And then if there's a trial, then, you know, you know all about it. And in fact, the person who who broke the story was Donald Trump himself. 
there was no leak to the media, which is extraordinary. Even while the raid was going on, it was only after about six hours when Donald Trump put out his his um, message on tr- Truth Social to his 3.7 million followers or whatever he has there, uh, that, that it, the media, including me, picked up wind of it. So, you know, so th- th- so far the FBI and the Department of Justice has done everything by the book. So to be, you know, th- Kevin McCarthy and all of these problems know they can't say anything. They cannot defend themselves. They can't say, well, actually, yes, you know what? He took a load of stuff. He broke the law and we wanted to get it back. But also the, the FBI, it's understood, brought back. I, I Initially, it was reported 10. I was told 12 boxes of stuff from Mar-a-Lago after following the, the execution of the warrant and the search. They took another 12 boxes okay. with them. So I, I think, you know, we, we see what's going on. And now, of course, Trump believes that this has really provided him with a perfect springboard to run for president again, to say, you know, I'm going to run for all you people who are harassed by the police, I'm go- by the FBI. I'm going to run to clean out the swamp, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in a way, you know, if if it was political, I think they would have held off. This is possibly the worst thing that could have happened for the Democrats for two reasons. First of all, Joe Biden had the best ever week and it got trampled on. There isn't a sight nor sound of all of the accomplishments and the victories that he had this week because it's it's Trump's Mar-a-Lago, um, the, the search of his house all the time here. That's all anybody's talking about. And secondly, if you want to galvanize Republicans and MAGA people to turn out at the midterms and vote for all the crazies that they now have um, for, as a result of their primaries, this is going to spur them. So, you know, if it were a calculated political move, the Democrats would have done nothing. They would have kept it quiet because this will not play well for the Democrats. It's not going to get them any votes. Mm. Uh, you know, I did want to put a couple of things to you, Marion. First of all, the 12 boxes of stuff and you know, the lack of a release of the warrant itself. They're very telling things, both of those. Yeah. Things, that they knew what they wanted, that they were going after these 12 boxes. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, that, that release of the warrant would obviously have scuppered the message that he relayed, which is the persecution message. Yeah. Uh, because if it's like, I just want my football back, it's you know, yeah. it's suddenly like we just went there to get the thing that we've been begging you to give back to us, for which, you, which you broke the law by taking in the first place. You know, as you said, I mean, the football's a good analogy, but you would have to have stolen the football, you know, to, yeah. to make it perfect. It was signed by Pele. You gotta give <laughs> us that ball back. It also, but I know what you, you mean the, you know, we said at the start, it's never happened before. It's not a it's not like a president uh, that we've ever had before so you know all bets are off in terms of the behavior and the respect for the sanctity of the office and all of that stuff but is it still heavy-handed to send the fbi in is there still is it still like just a bit over the top to get them to go down there marion because that move now has just inflamed the whole discussion and narrative around 2024 was was it really the last resort to go down there and go, we're coming in, we're getting the 12 boxes? Surely, surely there was more negotiation that could take place. And like, even just go down there and say to Eric, you know, can you throw the ball over the fence? Like, there had to be another way to do it because really this is... This is just blown out, set everything on fire. Well, you know, I, I really believe that you have to take it on faith that 
un- until proven otherwise that the Department of Justice, which is so prudent and, and you know, everybody is caught, has accused Mary Grant of being so timid and so by the book and moving at a snail's place. And also Chris Ray was appointed by Donald Trump. You know, there are a lot more pro-Trump people in the FBI mm. than there would be certainly pro-Biden. You know, the, 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 yeah. the, as I said, the FBI, they, they do their work. And I think by and large, they, they are apolitical in their, the execution of their work. But it's overwhelmingly Republican. I've been told that by, by FBI agents that I know who work really hard and are by the book sure. people, but they're, but they're Republicans through and through. Uh, so I, I, do, I think that the reason for the warrant was, A, that um, they were being lied to. And I said, this has been suggested to me very strongly that they were being misled, if not by Trump directly, by Trump's people. They were being told that they didn't have stuff that they knew for a fact that they had. There may have been concerned that some of the information, some of the intelligence, some of the classified information was in danger of being destroyed or by get or of getting into the wrong hands. So there, there may be intel about that. I mean, for all we know, Melania could have been on the phone to the department just saying, listen, He's about to give all this stuff to whoever, you know. Um, yeah. So we don't know, as I said, because the FBI and the, the Department of Justice will not comment. And because then the ball is in Trump's court, who, of course, is going to lie because that's what he does. And all of his acolytes in Congress and all over the place are also going to lie and jump up and down because that's what they do. So you basically, the only information you have coming out is distorted at best. So, you know, and all this thing about I'm being persecuted. So, as I say, I think that it's at a point for Trump where he does need to to make public, if he's going to make these claims, the inventory, make public the list of things that were taken. And if they took the candelabra from the table in Mar-a-Lago and if they took, I don't know, his golf clubs or whatever, then yes, of course, that, that then he, you know, he's, his complaints are justified. But if they took things that Trump had no business having in the first place, then they're not. And just to put in context how serious this is to mishandle classified information, Bill Clinton's national security advisor, Sandy Berger, when they, he was leaving the White House, he took two documents. Two documents, God knows why he took them, but they were classified. There was nothing apparently hugely, um, you know, they, they didn't have the nuclear codes or anything, but but he broke the law by taking it because there is the law. It's the 1978 Presidential Records Act, and there are various other laws as well that about the handling of classified information. Sandy Berger, although he took two pages in his in his jacket pocket, apparently, uh, was indicted. He was charged. He was and he received a, a huge fine. I think it was about two hundred thousand dollars. He had to do two hundred hours of community service. And he got two years of probation. And as really? I say, that was just for taking something out that who knows, you know, it, it but it certainly wasn't a, a highly classified, you know, intelligence. Um, David Petraeus, you remember the, the, the general, the, the hero of Iraq and Afghanistan, he shared classified information with his biographer, who he was having an affair with, as it turned out. He very nearly went to jail as well. It destroyed his career. It destroyed it completely. Well, um, well, and then he then. agreed to plead guilty to a misdemeanor. Now, he was the hero of, you know, like the, the most respected American general at the time. So nobody is above the law when it comes to this stuff. It's taken really seriously and right. it's taken seriously for a reason. Well, then it's it's pretty straight up, straightforward yeah. then, surely, Marion, that if they yeah. found the stuff then he proven that he was in possession of the stuff that shouldn't have left 
then why is it surely there's a big hefty fine coming and as you say some sort of sentence because that's you're in possession of it's like drug possession it's either there or it's not and if it is then the precedent is there for what the punishment is for such a crime yeah how likely is it given how slippery this man is that something will come down if they found and you see the thing is there are all kinds of ways of checking and double checking things because i was asking again a friend of mine said, well, how do they know what's missing? How would they know if he took, I don't know, some letter from somewhere? Exactly. And apparently, because a lot of people are involved in everything, nothing goes directly to Donald Trump. There, you know, there are all kinds of steps through the White House where things go to somebody and they're passed up to somebody. And when you go through all those records, you can see. So then the, the archives people or the National Security people say, well, where is that letter that he got from, you know, we'll say Kim Jong-un, or where is that? note about the meeting he had in Helsinki with Putin or whatever. You know, so so it, it's quite easy, I think, to track when things, certain things are missing, certain things that would be really important. Uh, so I'm not saying that either of those are missing, but it, it's clear, um, as I say, they arrived as a warrant, they did a search, they, they did that because they believed that they were being lied to and misled by people around Trump, if not Trump himself. They did it because clearly what they got with the 15 boxes in February was not everything. They were still obviously missing things. So as you say, it is, it's a bit like somebody coming into your house and you're, you've got stolen goods, you've got the hundred tellies here, uh, you know, and it's it's kind of game up. But now it's it's not clear what will happen next. Um, as I say, uh, Trump isn't, he's not showing any of that inventory at the moment. Uh, will he be indicted and will he be charged? Or is this just a minnow? to catch a whale. Is this to get this stuff? Did that, you know, was there, I think that the the January 6th stuff that may have been involved in some of these documents may be also what the Department of Justice is after. So, but we won't know until and if, and there's no guarantee because, you know, search warrants don't always end up in indictments and trials and, and certainly not convictions. So again, it's it's a long way to go on this. Um, I suspect um, that Trump probably thinks that if he declares his candidacy now, you know, that there there is a sort of an unspoken rule that, you, again, you don't go after political candidates. You certainly don't go after presidential candidates. But then again, it didn't stop Hillary Clinton being investigated by the FBI when she was running for president. And, you know, so uh, th- there are precedents, but we're really, to state the obvious, Charles, we're in such a different time. This is uncharted territory. And as I say, it goes back to Donald Trump himself because no other president has behaved like this. All presidents have had scandals. All presidents have had cover-ups. All presidents have lied. But there has never been anything on this scale and with the consistency where it's just one thing after another and another and another. So, yeah, we'll see where it goes. But as I say, he's got all of his acolytes jumping up and down. My inbox is jammed full of outrageous emails and people saying things like he's the president, he could declassify anything he wanted. It's such nonsense. And I think um, Eric Trump's better half, and I'd say better with a large grain of salt. I'm Lara Trump. Lara Trump, his wife, was also on Fox News saying that by definition, he couldn't have taken anything because he's the president. Well, he wasn't the president when he left the White House. Joe Biden was the president when Trump left the White House. And at that point, it's Joe Biden who gets to classify and declassify, not Donald Trump. So again, the amount of disinformation that's being put out, and I, you know, I don't know if it's ignorance or deliberate lying and deliberate just, you know, 
gaslighting and maybe it's just a bit of both really but as I say this is a story that is going to run and and I felt sorry for Ron Klein who's the White House Chief of Staff they just had some huge victories in the last couple of weeks and interestingly like so many so few people even know who Joe Biden's Chief of Staff is because he keeps his head down and does his job but uh, of course the, the the significant things that have happened in the last week which are for the good are now they they've just been completely trampled by by this tsunami of outrage and non-stop headlines. Well, we need to talk about those things because they are big victories. But again, (laughs) the Democrats are so bad at messaging these victories and certainly of pummeling these events that took place. I mean, I remember uh, Barack Obama again saying that, can you imagine if I had a secret Chinese bank account? Can you imagine if I had had a secret Chinese bank account? When I was running for re-election, you think my, you think Fox News might have been a little concerned about that? They would have called me Beijing Barry. <laughs> this is the biggest stick that they could beat this man with. Yeah. But I just doubt that they'll be able to articulate how wrong this is. But time will tell. And if you want to come with us on the journey towards 2024, the best way to do it and to support our podcast is to sign up on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad for as little as a fiver a month. You get to support the show and hear double size episodes with Marion each week because that's where we're going to go in the second half. There's another 30 minutes over there as we dig into what Biden's been up to, how Alex Jones sent a nudie photo of his wife to Roger Stone. More stuff coming out of that trial, just bananas. Uh, We'll try to get to as many news stories and cover as much as we can, uh, the best way we can, with Marion McKeown over on Patreon in the second half of this show. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.